Well, once again, Merry Christmas. It is so good to be with each of you. So as I said earlier, my name is Julie, and I want to take a minute just to introduce myself a little bit for those of you who don't know me. Um, I started here at Christ United in July of this year and um, have just had the incredible privilege not only to be on the staff, but to be part of this congregation. And um, a little bit like Mary, but not as divine, I suppose. Um, I started here in July and got pregnant in August. And so, you know, timing is always just great. And then I went through several months of um, morning sickness. Yay. Um, And so I am uh, 24 weeks tomorrow. And so we are excited about that, but it is also very um, exhausting and and it's all the things, right? And so all of the baby stuff right now at Christmas um, is is a little bit different for me this year. And talking about baby Jesus and about Mary traveling to have to give birth and giving birth in a stable, all of that hits me just a little bit different this year. I find that when I was uh, making a list for what I wanted for Christmas, I just wanted a nap and thought, you know, that would be great. Just a really solid nap would be wonderful. One of the things, the pregnancy symptoms that I've had is that I am constantly out of breath. Now, because of this, I've been using something on my phone more often than I used to. I get a little bit clumsy, and so when I'm texting, like people today, instead of texting them back with my fingers, I use that thing on my phone called the voice dictation. Does anybody else have the voice? Does anybody else use that? Tell me you use that. Please make me feel better. So I use that really often on my phone because I need it. I need to be able to do more than one thing at a time, and I can't walk and look ahead and type at the same time. And if I'm being really honest, I'm a really bad typer as is, and so I figured that the voice dictation would be able to recognize my voice and understand my words better than when I'm typing. I was wrong. My phone has come up with some very creative things that it thinks that I am saying. To give you a little glimpse into that, I'm going to give you the more appropriate ones that it thinks that I'm saying. So um, when I've typed, I love you too, uh, it has said, I love YouTube. Okay, sure, like that. I have an aunt named Deidre. And so I texted her one day and said, hey, Aunt Deidre, and it kept auto-correcting to, hey, Aunt Daydream. Don't know why, but I thought that was pretty clear. Deidre, nope, Daydream. There's a lot of them, especially with worship, that are pretty funny. Um, So uh, in communion, we take communion sometimes by what is called intinction. And instead of it saying intinction, it would say distinction. Um, And worship, sometimes it would not just say worship. It would spell out W-A-R, warship. And then I realized that my phone does get one thing very clear. I am from East Texas, and we are worshiping today. (laughs) So yes, my phone has a voice recognition problem. But if you think about it for a minute, it's not just our phones that have that problem. We tend to have a voice recognition problem. Think about it for a minute. There are so many voices that compete for our attention There are voices of our family, voices of the media, voices of politicians, voices of parents and siblings, voices of teachers and preachers, 
and coaches, voices in your latest read or in your social media posts and feeds. And not all of these voices are bad, but they are in competition. Think for a minute the last time it was completely silent. Now, you may be really good at silence. I am not. So let's go a step further. Think about the last time that it was quiet in your own mind. All of the voices that compete for our attention, all of the voices even inside our head that tell us what we should be doing or how often we should be doing something. And don't forget this and make sure you do that. And the question for us tonight is in the midst of this season that can be very chaotic and this time that can be so exciting, would we recognize the voice of God if we heard it? If the voice of God came to us today, would you recognize it? Would you be able to hear it over all the other noises and voices? Well, there's many voices in our story tonight from Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses two, um, or chapter 2, verses 1 through 15 first. This is a story that you have probably heard before. It's probably a story that you hear every year about this time of year. But tonight, I'm wondering if maybe we can hear it with some freshness. I wonder if we can hear it without just thinking of the same words that we have said before or heard before, but instead hear it as if we are hearing it for the first time. So listen now for the word of God that comes from Luke chapter 2. In the days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph went also from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. Now in the same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy that is for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. Okay, so we're going to stop right there for a minute. If you were listening, you heard more than one voice happening in this story, right? There's the voices of the government saying that it's time to take a census. It's registration time, which also meant travel. And no, it doesn't matter if you're nine months pregnant. 
the voice of an innkeeper with a flood of people and a crowd of people who are trying to check in and this woman who is going into labor and the innkeeper saying to her, no, I'm sorry, I don't have any room for you, but maybe there's a place out back in a stable if that would work. There's the voices of the people crowded in the streets trying to get from one place to another. Could you imagine in a registration time having to go to your hometown, having to stand in line to register your citizenship? There's voices all over the place. And then in the midst of these voices, we have the shepherds. They only say one thing at the very end. You see, I imagine that the shepherds are people who are rather quiet. The shepherds are those who are in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. Shepherds are farmers. They're these men who would be out in these big fields that were quiet with all of these sheep, with only the noises of the animals around them protecting the animals that they had been assigned. Do you hear all the voices? It's in this really real moment with the shepherds, this very quiet moment, this very ordinary moment for them, that the voice of the angel breaks through. The question for us tonight is when heaven breaks through, will we recognize it? Would we know how to respond? Because it says that the shepherds were terrified, Because if God is going to show up, wouldn't God show up in a more holy place than in a field that is vacant with only sheep? Wouldn't God choose a temple or even a palace? Wouldn't God choose to show up to a king or a prophet, anyone besides farmers? These very ordinary men who are going about a very ordinary task, they were considered lowly. In a class society, they did not have an ideal job. But yet you hear mention of shepherds over and over in our scripture. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I lack nothing. Jesus says in the New Testament, I am the good shepherd. So why is there this reference to shepherds over and over again if they were just these lowly people who didn't matter or mean anything? For God, the shepherds are not ordinary. For God, the shepherds are people that are sent to be caregivers, protectors, people who would advocate and fight for the thing that they cared most deeply about. Doesn't that maybe describe our God? Your rod and your staff, they guide me. They protect me. I think it is very fitting that in the midst of the nativity scene that the shepherds are present, that it is the shepherds that the angels come to, not just because they're ordinary, but because they are the ones who guide and protect, and they are the ones who seem to know how to respond. Think about those other ordinary people in your life, and maybe you are one of them. The people that maybe other people don't look at, the people who are behind the scenes, the people who are going about their tasks every single day, but yet God sees you. 
and heaven breaks through and asks for us to respond. What we hear is that the shepherds were terrified. They were terrified. There's this angel that has appeared to them. Heaven has broken through, and it says the glory of the Lord has shone around them. God's glory. My mom asked me a couple years ago, my mom is a, a preacher's wife, a pastor's wife. She said, Julie, what is God's glory? And I was so caught off guard by her question. I'm like, I don't know. You should know. You're the preacher's wife. You've been doing this longer than I have. You should know what God's glory is. And then I started thinking about the places in Scripture where we hear that word. Or those songs where we hear that word, glory. And I thought about the shepherds and the angel and the glory of the Lord that shone around them. And all I could think about was what Kristen said a few minutes ago with the children Light, shining. God's glory shines on us when we help someone, when we share and witness to our faith, when we put God's love in front of everything else in our life. You see, God's glory comes in the middle, messy realities of our life. It doesn't come to the palace. It doesn't come to the temple. God's glory comes even in the unexpected moments, not just the unexpected places. How often do we get so distracted by the chaos and the noise surrounding us that we don't recognize the voice of the holy and the glory of the Lord that is shown around us? Because when we hear heaven, when we see that glory, it changes us. It certainly changed the shepherds. The end of the story goes a little like this, starting in verse 16. So you remember, the shepherds have just said, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, with haste. I wish sometimes my son would go with haste somewhere. And found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. But, they, but when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. There are these moments when heaven breaks through. And they are not the moments that are the prettiest of pictures. They are not the moments sometimes we expect. They are sometimes not even the moments that we want. I had one of those moments this past week. A very normal moment and reality in my life. Um, I was at dinner with my son bargaining over two green beans and telling him, if you could just eat these two green beans, then we can have another piece of fruit or a gummy. This is a constant in our house with a three-year-old going back and forth. And after uh, much negotiation um, and a lot of uh, frustration, uh, my kid was tired, I was tired, I heard this song in the background. Uh, my husband and I have a record player, and so he had put on, in the midst of cooking dinner and doing a million different things, he had put on Lauren Daigle's album, her Christmas album. And instead of hearing my son 
after we had just had to fish a pea out of his nose. Instead of hearing my son and all the chaos of my life, I began to hear her words that said this, can you hear the angels singing glory to the light of the world for all who wait, for all who've prayed, for all who wonder. Behold your king, behold your Messiah, Emmanuel. Glory to the light of the world. The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And just like that, heaven breaks into my reality, and the voice of God is singing over me, glory to the light of the world. Nothing about my surroundings or my reality has changed, but how I was viewing my reality changed. God didn't wait for me to get all of the food out of my kid's nose. He didn't wait for me to get all of my presents wrapped or to have everything in order. God didn't wait for me to be in a holier place or at the church or to have my robe on or to be in an attitude of prayer. Heaven breaks through right where we are in our ordinary and messy moments. The question for us tonight is when heaven breaks through, will we recognize it? And how will we respond? It may not be in the moments that you expect or even the ones you hope for, but I pray tonight that you be observant for the ways that God shows up in reality just so that we might see a glimpse a glimpse of God's glory. This is the God who comes to us now, who doesn't wait till we have it all together, have it all figured out. A God who breaks through for us. We're gonna light candles here in just a moment um, and sing Silent Night. It's one of those most holy moments on Christmas Eve. It's a moment that I look forward to every year. I'm sure you do too. And as we light the candles and as they fill the room, we recognize that that is God's glory shining, that God, that is God's love coming down to us, meeting us right here today. Jan Richardson wrote a poem that I want to leave you with called When the Light Comes. She says in it, I cannot tell you how the light comes, but what I know is that it is more ancient than imagining that it travels across an astounding expanse to reach us, that it loves searching out what is hidden, what is lost, what is forgotten or in peril or in pain. So may we this day turn ourselves toward it. May we lift our faces to let it find us. May we bend our bodies to follow the arc it makes. May we open and open and open more and open still to the blessed light that comes on this beautiful Christmas Eve evening. May you be open once more to the glory of God and the light that has come. Amen.